Thank you for listening to Pow Block Podcast, the flagship Nintendo podcast of Boss Rush Network. Do you need even more gaming and entertainment in your life? Head over to BossRush.net where you can find news, reviews, creators, podcasts, and more focused around the content you enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nintendo Power Black here on Boss Rush Games. I'm your host, the Enlightened Insider, Eddie V. Joining me is the gallivating Gallatrat himself, Mr. Jacob Taylor. Hey, everybody. I forgot to write my, my joke for today. <laughs> I just realized that. Boss Man himself, Mr. Corey Derrick. I'm very excited for one, two, three, four of the topics we're talking about tonight. Very excited. Like, it, er- very excited. Like, super excited. Everybody. (laughs) I'd stare at everybody himself while I'm not trying to laugh. Our special guest, he's part of the uh, Boss Rush writing team. You guys see him. You guys know him. You know him. He's just amazing, the person that I love talking snacks with. It's the geek guru himself. The geek bro, Mr. Jack. I mean, Mr. Jack Jack bro. (laughs) Hey, how is everybody? Happy to be here. Hello, welcome back. How yeah, are you? Doing good. Everybody else doing well? Great. All right. Yes. Very great. Awesome. How was everybody's weekend, uh, Jacob? Uh, my weekend. My weekend was fine. There, um, there wasn't a whole lot. I started. I no. I played. I played uh, a lot of Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, and then I started an, an official Otter Kingdom Minecraft server. Ooh, so that's nice. Yeah, other than that, not too much. All right. Jack, how was your weekend? It was good. It was quiet, which is a good thing. Um, I have a vacation coming up, so it was definitely nice. You know, I'm sure it's going to be filled with tons of activity with the kids and everything like that. So it was good to have a quiet weekend. Nice. Corey, how was your weekend? My weekend was light, which was nice, but also... Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of hot, but it's okay. It's okay. And now my kid is screaming for me. So that's cool too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we just did some stuff, hung out with the kids, did some fun things. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) And for me, I, uh, this Friday, uh, past Friday, I went to Sister Dad's Grand America, uh, got to go on some roller coasters. Uh, oh, nice. My, yes, my nephew, he turned 14, so we rode, he, he got on some of the roller coasters with us, not all of them and everything, uh, but me and my sister was a fool. And I almost lost my voice just screaming everything, you know, just get a hype and say, let's go. Yeah. And I know all the other people just like, okay, we're going to get hype because he's hype. Uh, my sister didn't write. So this is a roller coaster called the Goliath. And my sister never wrote it or anything. And her head is just tilt back. And she got some, her hair is kind of long. So it looked like she was getting her hair shampooed um, from the hair salon. We hit that drop, 
and she did not suspect that. She screamed. She's just like, what is this? What is wrong with this roller coaster? And I'm just like, yeah! <laughs> like, I'm throwing up peace signs, throwing my hands up, turned, was upside down, and all you heard was this black, yes! <laughs> and we got off the roller coaster. We started walking, and there's a picture of me and her uh, on my Facebook page, and she's just like, when you ride the roller coaster, her hair looked messed up, like straight jacked. And then I was just like, I got to take a picture with her. Um, but yeah, we had a good time at uh, Six Flags. I was so happy to go there. I have, because of course, with it being closed last year and I didn't get to go in 2019, uh, I was so happy to go. And I, of course, I cannot wait till I talk about my snack tender because I had some good, good food there. Um, with that, but yeah, let's actually jump into snack tender. Snack tender, uh, Jack, as our guest, it's been a long time since you've been on the show. What have you been snacking on? Um, so went to a farmer's market, um, that's not too far away from my house and we got, or I did, nobody else was, uh, daring enough. I got these, it was a homemade chip, witch. so two six inch, uh, soft baked chocolate chunk cookies mm-hmm. with, uh, Hershey's hand dipped ice cream in between. And this thing, it, it was just it, it was fantastic. Um, yeah, and it's uh, it's a very dangerous thing that it's so close to my house because I'll be uh, frequenting uh, picking them up. They were so damn good. <laughs> uh, what about you, Jacob? What have you been snacking on? I don't I don't really actually have anything to talk about for Snack Tindo this week. Unfortunately, um, snack wise, I I really I've been actually pretty good about it. I've been trying to go on more of a diet. I need to lose a lot of weight. Um, but I did go, thank you. Thank you. I did go to breakfast with my family, um, on Saturday and I had some, I did have some, uh, chocolate chip pancakes that were really, really good. So yes. Yeah. Chocolate chip pancakes, you know, some homemade grits or homemade restaurant made grits, uh, and, uh, hash browns and such. So it was good. I was very. It was a very delicious breakfast. I didn't eat again until like six o'clock at night, and I had breakfast at like nine o'clock in the morning. So, All and right. uh, it looks like from the chat, it looks like um, Rebelity had some y- yummy sukiyaki. I don't know what sukiyaki Ooh. is. Anybody? Anybody know? Anybody know what sukiyaki is? You got I, me. I bet it's some sort of Japanese or Chinese dish that probably looks weird but tastes delicious. It's a Japanese dish that is prepared and served Navimono style. It consists of meat, uh, which is slowly cooked, vegetables, and other ingredients. Yum. That sounds delicious. Hmm. It's a type of pho, apparently. Pho. It's pho. pho. Ah. It's pho. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> ah. All right. Corey, what have you been snacking on? Um, nothing, really. Honestly, this segment kind of sucks. I'm sorry, everybody. I disappointed everybody just just like jacob i didn't really i know i'm trying to lose weight too although it's not going as i've planned it but uh Mm -hmm. just haven't didn't really eat a lot of snacks this weekend although time i do have something to talk about actually it's not like snack snack related but uh my mom came over to see the kids on saturday and she 
brought us one of those big Brugger's Bagels family size like boxes of of food, yeah. and it it had like a it had bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches in it, and then they there was Ooh. one in there with uh, ham, bacon, eggs, and cheese with uh, like some sort of pepper uh, cream cheese spread on it with melted Ooh. Asiago on the bagel. My wife had that one, so because it's it's better. Uh, <laughs> but man, were those good! Let me tell you, I'm a sucker for any type of breakfast sandwich. If you put it in front of me, mm-hmm. it will be gone. So ah. That's what I ate. That was my snack, Tendo. Well, that's cool. That's good. Well, uh, since I said Friday, I went to Six Flags. Um, I had a Oreo Sunday uh, ice cream funnel cake. Uh, which they just gave me more ice cream and a little bit of uh, whipped cream. Um, put a whole bunch of Oreos. I was just like, oh, y'all just look this whole thing up. And it was so good. Um, I had a thing called a Thrill Burger that was just like double meat patties, cheese, barbecue sauce, um, bacon, lettuce, tomato, the, and whatever kind of hamburger bread they use. I ate that and could have fell asleep on any ride. Like, it was so good. That thing disappeared. I was just like, this is the best burger that I had in age. <laughs> it's, it was literally good. And then, uh, since one of my employees at work, uh, what, uh, it was his last day working with me, uh, I bought him a family box uh, at from Taco Bell. Uh, so we ate. Uh, some soft tacos and hard tacos, and that was pretty good. Uh, I just wanted to train him out like for lunch, um, you know, that he didn't have to worry about. And hopefully, you know, if he, when he comes back here because he's going to school, that he comes visit and everything. He said he had fun with me uh, as an employee, so um, that's pretty much what I've been snacking on. Uh, and um, some graham crackers, like the foot-on honey graham graham crackers. Uh, just been eating those and enjoying it. And just like, man, this is so good. Of course, my uh, twist was pudding pill. Um, and I did get the Hershey uh, Chippewa ones, but I'm saving those. I did not uh, eat them. Um, last but not least, uh, I tasted the Cheetos Mexican Corn Crunch uh, chips. And they are the bomb. They are so good. They literally taste like Mexican corn. Nice, spicy, got some good cheese to it. Really tastes like corn. I was like, I mixed the whole bag. It was so good. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about Latin street corn. Okay, Mm -hmm. Latin street corn is amazing, and I've been so. Side tangent for Nintendo. Sorry, David, you're not here to stop me. Okay, so we're going on a tangent. We're gonna go on a. A detour, they say. So, I'm gonna ask you guys a question. You guys, do you guys ever feel homesick for a place that's not home, no. like like a vacation spot or anything like that? No, I do. No, yeah. No, that sounds foreign to me. For food, though. Okay. Yes. Well, he, okay. Here's here's the thing. Everybody who's been listening to us for a, a while knows that I'm a huge fan of Disney World, right? And like, I'm feeling kind of that urge to just like go but we can't just go anymore because we have kids Mm -hmm. and you know it's it's whole thing anyways the food and wine festival is going on at epcot and mexico now has latin street corn at their pavilion and they keep showing pictures of it on instagram and on disney food blog 
mm-hmm. and all these other YouTube channels that I watch that are irrelevant to this podcast. It's just, oh, I just, it looks so good. And I just want I some light street I will send you all the pictures, Corey. I'll send you, you know all what? the pictures and reviews. You know what? It's it's <laughs> you. Okay. It's Josh is going in like six weeks. Okay. There's enough people going in my life within the next two months. I think Josh and I are going at the same time. Yeah. If he's going in six weeks. <gasps> oh, my God. Boss Rush meetup. You have to eat an Earl sandwich. Nice. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Earl sandwich. Right. And then you have to tweet out and tag me and Josh in it what you ate and how great Wait. it was. What about me? Are you going <laughs> to Disney World and eating a roll sandwich? I'm going next year. Well, that's not in six weeks. <laughs> so I, you don't have to tag me in food. It's Nintendo. Yeah. It's mm. he is the mm. the yes. Nintendo god. I know, but so. on on Tower Casuals we have sandwich casuals. Okay, where we sometimes like once a month <laughs> talk about how good Earl of Sandwiches. But hold on though. Let's rewind like five minutes real quick on another detour. Ed, did you say a foot long graham cracker? Uh, no, honey graham. Uh, yeah. uh, not foot long graham cracker. I wish I there was a foot long okay. graham cracker. No, <laughs> you were like graham crackers. You, Nobody eats graham crackers. Okay, I do. No, graham crackers so are delicious. They are yeah. so mm. good. My kid eats graham crackers because she thinks they're cookies. That's that's what graham crackers are <laughs> sold as. Okay. You know, I like the phone cookie. Yeah, most of our graham crackers sell out because of people making s'mores. But I'm just like, it's been a long time since I just I just bought a box of honey grams, um, and just ate it. It just like really went in, and I bit into it. And I'm just like, I feel like a kid again. Um, and speaking of your question, Corey, I'm like, I kind of miss like when I go to I I miss going to South Bend because Eva Check. Uh, is this kind of breakfast place, and their food is amazing. And every time I, I, I try, I want to go to South Bay just to go there and come back home. Of course, go see my friends and stuff. Um, but and I, it feels like every time I go there, I feel like I'm at home. And Kentucky also, uh, Radcliffe, Kentucky. Cause, hanging out, um, hanging out with Block down there. With the <laughs> I gotta find out where he stays at. I don't know where Brock stays, stays at? at. I think he lives there, Ed. I think he just lives there. I don't think no, he stays where, anywhere. <laughs> no, like where he like where like what city and stuff. I don't know what city he stays in. Hmm. Well. Anyways, I, I just like uh, you know since we're talking about Snack Tendo and uh, uh, traveling across the globe here. I like how uh, two of the members here didn't bring anything, but Ed brought enough for. Um, oh. Uh, yeah, the, the, the whole party and know? the members that are so, missing right now. Also. Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> Pal Block, you know, Block is written normal. Yeah, picking up everybody's slack. Yep. Mm. Uh, wait till I go on vacation next month. Oh god. The, the thing is, yes. is, like, the thing is, is like I don't even go to Disney for the rides anymore. It's it's all about the food now. I just go and walk around and eat, and then you know I'll sit there and eat, uh, uh, like a foot long chili dog and go watch the indiana jones show three times because well <laughs> you, you cause it's fun yeah uh, sorry Once if anybody get... if anybody hears my garage door during this show like right now i'm sorry some new neighbors just moved in next door and we mm-hmm. share a garage and it's just, uh, just they're moving uh, in and it just constantly goes up and down and up. Uh, it's a hot yeah. mess of a day i'm sorry everybody it's my fault that was a good 
Snack Tendo. It was. It was a great Snack Tendo. Yes, I still have my oatmeal cream pie cereal to eat. Uh, so be ready for that one. Um, <laughs> why you look like you could right. discuss, Corey? Just continue. <laughs> I, I don't have enough. There's not enough airtime for me to tell you how gross oatmeal cream pie cereal sounds. It's I oatmeal cream such- pies are gross. You really? You don't like the little dead mm, Just, Just get us out of here. Please, somebody, help. Okay. Well, Corey, this it's your turn for Game Fact Events. Let's jump into this Game Fact Events. Take it away, Corey. Me? No, I did yes. news. I put it on notes that hmm. you had Game Fact Events. Hmm. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. Well, okay. So, everybody. Hmm. For the special section, we want to do Game Fact Events. I kind of want to ask you guys, um, you know, games like Zombies Ate My Neighbors, uh, you know, or I should say games with passcodes, password codes in it. Uh, what did you think about them? Um, did you ever play them as, uh, or did you ever write them down and just hate the fact that you had to answer it? Like, what are your thoughts about games, retro games that use the passcode, password code? Um, Jack, I'm going to start with you. Um, well, yeah, I think Mega Man did it the best. Um, you know, with the, uh, the grid format with the blue and the red dots, that was the best way to do it. Um, because then when you get into, uh, Metroid's, uh, a prime example, uh, Ah, a a long, long, uh, strand and it's just, you know, there's too many characters. You mess up one little, uh, thing and then you wrote it down wrong and, you know, you're sifting through all of your your scrap papers of what you did and growing up, and then you're fighting with your siblings over whose passwords are what. Uh, it was a good way to to make up for those long uh, games that didn't have the battery pack. But yeah, I'm I'm glad that technology has uh, evolved significantly since then. Uh, that that end kid Icarus. Ooh, oh that yeah, was a, that was a long one. Uh, what about you, Jacob? I'm I'm too young to have played games in their time with that, but I'm not too young that I had a phone to do to snap a picture or a camera. So I do remember playing games with them, but I'm I'm also just too lazy. I was just like, I'll just beat it again. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I'll just get back to where I was. Uh, what about you, Corey? Hmm. I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you, Ed. I never really played a game with a password system. Really? Ninja Turtles didn't have passwords, Ed. Okay, so, oh, you know, it just... Yeah, you had to be that in one go. You die, you die, you start over. Okay, that's that's where we're at. That's What What? what did you guys think? Passwords if... are dumb unless you're using Game Genie, then it's cool. Oh, wow. <laughs> I remember those passwords. Like, oh, man. That floating uh, hand. Playing Aladdin with infinite apples. It was a good time. What did you guys think of people like us with Nintendo Online that have games that does have a password on it? Did you think people would be shocked? Uh, even though it has the same kind of function. No, they won't. They won't ever use yeah. this that so because yeah. they have save That's, states. Like even Meg, even the Mega Man collection just is like, oh, well, I'll yeah. just pause and save it here, and then we'll start back up later. The only the only reason the password save state thing would be used is if a game was like going for that retro feel mm-hmm. that would be it 
I mean, do you think people would look at it and be like, wow, you guys used to save your games this way? Because I think so, there's some new gamers who don't know anything about that. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think they'd probably just think it was an annoying frustration of the game they were currently playing. I don't think they'd relate it back to like how old games were. Right, because Zombie Ate My Neighbors when... Uh, you put in a password, you started from, like, scratch. You didn't carry over any weapons or any So what was the point out. of the password? Just yeah. to get to that level. Literally just to get to that level. But then you don't have any... Ah. You don't have any... Yeah, you're all... It's, it's not out. even worth it. Yeah, so if you really want to, like, get to where you was at, you literally have to start from the first level and go and do all that stuff all over again. Unless you rated to EGM came out or GamePro and then got the password for the final level and just went like that. So, well, everybody, that is our, I guess, game fact play player. I don't know. I just, I just uh, want to say that I'm offended that you did not even message me, Ed. We talk all the time, and you didn't think to <laughs> slip it in there and just say. Hey, by the way, you have game, you have Game Fact Advance. Do you, you don't you know I don't look at the show notes until until it's showtime, and even then I just open Family News. Wow! So, come on, Ed. We talk all the time. Oblivious. Every day, you didn't think just to slip one message into our Facebook chat or our Twitter DMs, and you're I... just like, "Hey, by the way, you got Game Fact Advance. Please, thanks." I thought Send. you would take a look at. Hmm. The notes. Hmm. They'd be like, "Oh, okay, I'm doing gay fact events." And how how long have we been doing this show together? You know, I don't even write show notes half the time. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's why we, we brought been... in help, so show notes would get written, <laughs> and we would have a show that was presentable to people. <laughs> well, Corey, I love you. Mm. Not enough to tell me I had Game Fact Advance, apparently. But you did have the family news. I did. I I wrote. I got a lot of good news, mostly from yeah. our news and notes chat. But well, I guess everybody, it's time for family news. Yes, Corey, take it away. All right. Well, guys, I'm writing time stamping like a pro here. Uh, we have a we have a, actually like a late breaking news slash rumor it's, it's, it's pretty good i gotta tell you is xenoblade chronicles 3 coming soon a recent comment from a voice actress seems to think so uh i have two links here the one that's in the show notes is from fanbyte uh mostly because i wanted to switch it around but the article from nintendo life is so much better so i'm going to read that one uh i look I love Nintendo Life. I would use their articles every day on this show, every every week. But we gotta gotta show love to other places, right? But uh, Liam Doolin, I feel like he's like our best friend now because we read his articles all the time. Uh, Xeno, Xenoblade Chronicles Three rumors intensify. The game is nearing its final stages of development. <clears throat> Monolith Soft has been expecting to expand on the Xenoblade Chronicles universe for some time now with a third major release and yesterday it was discovered that discovered Malia's voice actor Jenna Coleman may have confirmed a new entry during an interview dating back to June 
If her comments were convincing enough, fan news editor, former Game Informer, senior editor, and occasional industry insider Imran Khan has now chimed in with his own information, confirming the game is in development. Quote, Coleman's quote has caused rumors to stir over the weekend for a new Xenoblade Chronicles currently in development. According to our sources here, we can indeed confirm that this is the case. Moreover, the game is nearly in its final stages of development, but its release date may be held back for any number of reasons. Uh, Khan further explains that the third Xenoblade Chronicles game will be a direct sequel to the second title and shares some details about the story. The ending of the trilogy takes place in the far-flung future, with a few returning characters who have long outlived their human counterparts from both Xenoblade Chronicles and Xenoblade Chronicles 2. This is why Coleman, who plays Malia, would be aware of the third game, as her character is returning and she more than likely has recorded voice acting for it. Uh, the game is aiming for more character models on screen at once than any previous title, accounting for both playable characters and enemies. Uh, if you guys remember... Maybe two or three months ago, we talked about this. Actually, uh, the choir that di- that did uh, a lot of the soundtrack for Xenoblade Chronicles 2 wrapped uh, some recording sessions for an unannounced Japanese video game. The only other video game they've ever done was Xenoblade Chronicles 2. So uh, it's all coming together, guys. It's coming together. 2022. What are your thoughts on this? This is cool. This is really exciting. Um, there's a lot. I saw a lot of people on Twitter being like, oh, God, I got to go play Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and 2 now. Good luck um, finding I, a I'm, physical copy of Xenoblade Chronicles 2 digital, right now. Digital's, digital's better anyways. I know. I, um, I'm just saying, <laughs> if you're a physical collector, good luck that's true. finding Xenoblade Chronicles 2 right now. That's true. It's just like Xenoblade Chronicles on the Wii. But uh, this is really cool. I'm, I'm one of those people. I've never beaten xenoblade chronicles one or two but i do really like the characters i do really enjoy the story so i'll probably add that on to my list of games to play on stream um but it there the bigger topic and something that we'll get into in doc mode is that if they release xenoblade chronicles 2 in 2022 alongside uh 20 no 2022 next no, year xenoblade chronicles Z- three Z- three three yes sorry yeah Yes, if they release Xenoblade Chronicles 3, thank you, Ed, uh, in 2022, there's a lot of twos in there. Um, it'll be Zelda, Xenoblade, Splatoon 3, Splatoon 3 Mario and Rabbids, mm-hmm. and Xenoblade. And, and then basically. maybe they could finish it off with a Mario, the new Mario game. Yeah. Uh, right? Didn't that come out the same year as Zelda? Yeah. Yep. It's yeah. basically mirroring. Oh. It's basically mirroring. That means we get Mario Which Kart means, 9 next year, right? Hold on, wait, wait, Which wait, means we also get the Switch Pro next year. Hold on, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. You said Xenoblade Chronicles 3 at 23. 22. 22. Okay. I yeah. thought you said uh, Xenoblade 3. There's no 3. way this game, if this game is as done as the rumors say it is, there's no way it gets delayed to 2023. It's coming out next year. I feel like this game would like release in this in like March or April at this point. And then, yeah. like, you would save Breath of the Wild for holiday, I feel like, is what that would be. So it would be, like... More than likely. It would be Pokemon in January. Then probably sometime in Q1 would be Mario Rabbids. And then this. And then Splatoon 3 in the summer. And then Zelda sometime in, like, August or September. And then hit Mario in November. Yeah. There uh, you go. There's your line. And then Bayonetta 3 in there somewhere, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Jacob gets it. 
Yes. Yep. Jack, what about 20, you? It's 2017 oh. all over again. No, that sounds uh, picture per- perfect. Uh, the only thing I would add in there is uh, maybe add in a, you know, uh, a Metroid title. Uh, you know, keep, keep going high with the uh, the excitement from Metroid Dread. You know, uh, bring in Metroid uh, Prime Trilogy. Yeah, I feel like it's been talked about at, at nausea. I feel, for, uh, I feel like we've been hearing about it since the uh, Game Awards of 2018, right? Where they are like, exactly. yeah. basically, it's done. It's sitting on the shelf waiting for a, to basically be a promotional tool for Metroid Prime 4, right? Like, I feel yeah. like that's the... That's, where that's what I've been anticipating it as as well. But, you know, uh, unfortunately, Prime 4 has just uh, been in development uh, hell for the longest time. So, yeah. To be you fair, know. I think Dread has been in more development hell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 19 years is a bit, <laughs> bit of a big gap. That's for yeah. sure. Hmm. At, least at least they're actively developing these games on, like, you know, F-Zero, Kid Icarus, uh, insert Nintendo game here, Earthbound, I guess. Although, yeah. uh, Ed, what about you? How do you feel about this? Um, I'm conflicted by, by this. And and the reason why I'm conflicted by it is that I think I I feel like it is coming, but it's not coming soon. And I think twenty three. You're the worst. I think twenty three. <laughs> I think twenty three is it will be a good time because I think they're focusing not only there are they focusing on Breath of the Wild two. I think they're focusing on the new IP. I think they want to give that one. Yeah, out but they have four teams. They have four yes, teams, and we know yes, one. They are. We know one is yeah. is landscape uh, artist for Breath of the Wild two, and mm-hmm. one is asset creation for Breath of the Wild two. One team just finished Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, and then one team is working on their new IP. Right? Like I feel like that's the right. And so I what what I feel like is that I'm not saying that I'm not excited for Xenoblade Chronicles three. It I'm sure not sounds like you're saying you're not excited, I'm Jacob. Not what do you that... think? I heard I heard him say I am not excited. <laughs> I said I'm conflicted because I don't think it's coming out in 22. It wouldn't be it would for Nintendo. It wouldn't be a smart idea to do. I would rather put that out. I would put that in a year where you don't have big titles hitting because by, like I, Monolith Soft has become a more recognizable company to Nintendo and to gamers. Uh, almost kind of like Intelligent Systems with the Fire Emblem games. They have literally become a more recognized company because of Fire Emblem. Definitely with Fire Emblem Awakening. So I feel like if you really want to... I, I feel like a game that big, a series now that's big and important to not only Monolith Soft and Nintendo, but to uh, gamers and RPG fans, I, I would want to give that game space. And I feel like 23 would be it. Because you want to get Breath of the Breath of the Wild 2 out. You don't want uh, Xenoblade coming out too early when Breath of the Wild 2 is one become because of well, that's why you separate are, it, right? That's right. why you put one out in the spring and one out in the fall. Like, that's what if, they did last. That's what they did the last time, right? And the thing, and the thing, but when I was talking to Jacob, the thing with Breath of the Wild one is that a we didn't know that Monolith Soft was helping uh, the team, the Zelda team, do it. Second of all, that game yeah, was important. That I'm us just not knowing doesn't matter. I, I'm just, and I'm just saying, and I was just saying that that game was also being ported for for Switch because it was only in Wii U's development. So I would rather have that Xenoblade Chronicles three lead twenty three. I mean, I'd rather get Splatoon two, Breath of the Wild, 
and whatever Metroid Prime or Bayonetta, whatever they decide to show up. I would rather give uh, more focus for Xenoblade Chronicles 3 at 23 and stuff. So I'm not saying that I'm not... I'm conflicted because I don't want it to come out soon. I don't want it to be announced just yet. I would rather them announce it next year and show trailers and be like, the game will release on 23. Because I would want their new IP to come out first and give love and you know attention and market it well. I feel like Xenoblade I feel out. like you like with the success of Xenoblade Chronicles 2, you would mm-hmm. want to put out Xenoblade Chronicles 3 first and like get even more love for Monolith and then say, "Hey, look, Monolith mm-hmm. is working on a new IP." Because like as popular as we think Xenoblade is, it's a Metroid situation where like the games just didn't sell well and Xenoblade 2 was lucky enough to have legs, right? And then they re-released Xenoblade Chronicles One Definitive Edition, and, and you know people were playing Smash, it. And, you know, and, and yeah, that, Smash Two, Smash, Smash helped that help help people recognize Xenoblade Chronicles Two. And so I just think that with Xeno Three, I will push it to twenty three. I will announce it next year, push it to twenty three, and then bring that game out. Bring it after Breath of the Wild, you know, because that's just how I feel. That's all I can say. We're going to move on, unless anybody else has anything to say about Xenoblade 3. I am excited. No. I am. I'm very excited. But anyways, speaking of excitement, I think I'm the only one excited for this. Also coming from Nintendo Life, Darksiders 3 is coming to Switch, and it launches next month. After initially launching on PS4 and Xbox One back in November of 2018, the game... A sequel to Darksiders 2 will launch, technically not true, but that's okay, uh, will launch on Nintendo's platform on September 30th, 2021. On top of the digital edition, it's also being treated to a physical release uh, arriving in select retail locations on the same day. Uh, there's a big quote, description of the game. You're playing as Fury, the third of the four, four horsemen. Uh, this will um, mark the, all four games are now on Switch, uh, Darksiders 3 actually runs parallel to Darksiders 1 not a sequel to 2 this article is wrong Nintendo Life I'm disappointed in you but also anyways anybody else excited for this I, I like this game I like these games a lot yeah so I I have the original one on Xbox One I ended up beating it uh, it's free and... on Xbox One right now by the way the base version. If you have an Xbox series or Xbox uh, one, it's free right now. Games with gold. Uh, okay. Um, is it for this month? Yes. Uh, this month's okay. So I'm, I, I, I'm shocked that we're getting it three years late. I think this game is definitely going to help boost the sales of it because I think it just came and went, um, at the time it's released. Um, like people enjoyed it, but they were just like, it kind of felt like they was trying too hard and stuff. It felt I think like Switch... it felt like a game that people were surprised that they made a sequel to Dark Side, like a third game. Yeah. And now there's um, four. So, thir- yeah. uh, Genesis, yeah, not that great. I was... <laughs> um, I think Switch owners are definitely going to support this. I definitely will be buying it. Um, if the box art, and I must say this, this is the definitive edition to this mm-hmm. game. Um because of all that DLC that's going to be on there that's included. Um, 
if the cover that they use for this uh with the different colors of fury mm-hmm. if they use that for this box well, art that's the, i definitely are you on the nintendo life article ed that is yeah that is the box art i think that is the box art okay um yeah that box art looks so good i love it better than the original one um so i'll definitely be buying this on switch mm-hmm. Oh, and I also feel like there's going. I feel like there's going to be a collection coming, like a bundle. I don't. It may be. Digital I mean, they, eShop, there's though. already a digital bundle for on Xbox for all of them. It's called like the Apocalypse Collection or something, where you get Genesis one, two, and three. And three, okay. I think now because of it coming out for Switch, I think I think Nintendo might get that one too, uh, a digital copy, digital version of it. Uh, did you have you seen the uh, Dark Horse figures? They made all four horsemen. No, I didn't. Yeah, they're like three hundred dollars a piece, but they're <gasps> they're like really cool. They're like they're like seventeen or twenty inches tall, and they light up. And they're just uh, they're so cool. Nice, Jack or Jacob. Are you excited for Dark Siders? Uh, I, I'm intrigued. Um, I've heard that the first one is kind of like a mature Zelda. Mm-hmm. It, like like that's how it plays yeah so I, I i've never dipped my toe in it but um i love the zelda series and always looking for something more like that but um mm-hmm. yeah i haven't uh haven't experimented with it but having uh this come out who knows what uh could help me find something when browsing the e-shop late at night you know looking for something um it's always I, that I, late I mean, at night purchase yeah, exactly and you wake up the next morning and you, yeah you, you hope you don't regret it. Uh, but um, why does yeah, why does Jack is saying that? Like he has a whole memory card full of uh, of <laughs> the visual novels. Oh no 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 no! It's usually something that I'm like, I should have just waited for a sale, and then it's like, man, I I I spent twice as much than I should mm-hmm. have. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm shocked at where did this come from? Uh, this announcement, it came out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden it's coming out in a month. It, that mm-hmm. That's the most shocking part about this whole thing, I think. Em- Embracer's well, been doing that, though, right? They did that with Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning, which highly recommended, by the way. If you like Fable and God of War, mm-hmm. the, like the original PS2 God of Wars, that game is for you. They did that with uh, Destroy All Humans. They did that with Red Faction. So, yeah. So, I mean, they yeah, they're that Red Faction was weird. Yeah, Red Faction on Switch is real weird. Um, also also the opposite weird. It got 120 frames a second patch on Xbox Series for some reason. Red Faction Gorillas <laughs> remastered. So, uh, um, I will say that I, I guess the story that uh they um THQ's Twitter account accidentally leaked it. It didn't took it off. Mhm. Oh, it's like um, their European arm leaked it or something. Okay. Because, yeah, I didn't see no one talk about it. Like, I was shocked. Well, I mean, Darksiders isn't exactly, like, popular. So. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty niche. Especially thought- especially because, like, 3 came out of nowhere, and then it the series has just been dead silent for so long, you know? Yeah. Well, didn't... Didn't they announce three and then, like, very quickly afterwards announce that the top down one? Mm-hmm. Eight, like, they almost came out, like, before three even came out? Yeah, they were two. They announced three, and then, like, two months before three came out, uh, they announced Genesis. And they're, they're, it's two different studios. Uh, yeah. Airship Syndicate did uh, 
Genesis, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I didn't. I purposefully didn't pick up Darksiders one and two and in Genesis because I was like, well, I'm not ever going to be able to play three because I only own Nintendo consoles. So I don't want to like get super into this and then just be bummed. Um, but so this is cool. This is cool for me. I will be waiting for them to go on sale. I'm sure they will eventually. Um, one and two are on sale right now. Actually, I'll have to look they're into like it. Depends s- on how much it is. They're like eight bucks a piece. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, so, but that's, that, this is, this is cool news. This is cool news to me. Yeah. Uh, just to warn everybody out there, every game is a different genre, right? So the first one is, uh, pretty much a mature Zelda is strong. I would say like, a like rated M for mature Zelda, not exactly like a, you know, like a mature Zelda, uh, mm-hmm. with old school God of War combat. The second game is more like a 3D Diablo game where you're picking up loot and switching things out and getting cool powers that will basically fight for you. And, uh, you know, Death says, this is no place for a horse. And then, like, the horse disappears and whatever. Uh, And then three is more like a uh, Dark Souls game. It's set up that way as a uh, slow-paced kind of let's switch weapons and see what weapons work against this boss. And it's slow and methodical and very kind of empty world to be honest with you uh that i noticed yeah. but it's still it's empty because the enemies are harder and i think they want you to like feel that so uh and then like jacob said the genesis is a top-down twin stick shooter type game so mm. we're gonna move on here nintendo has made a lot of money on the switch right made a lot of money so they're using a small chunk of that change to buy back shares from their shareholders. Uh, this comes from Thomas Whitehead from Nintendo Life. Nintendo to spend up to $900 million to buy back its own shares. Uh, quote, we have a strong cast position thanks to Nintendo Switch business. Nintendo Switch generated, uh, gener- the Nintendo Switch generation has been transformative for Nintendo's business and finances, consolidating development onto one main platform, delivering impressive sales, and significantly boosting the company's bank balance. It certainly brings the, it's what it certainly brings the boom years of the DS and Wii to mind, in terms of Nintendo's financial health. And the company has announced a move that gives a good indication on how cash rich it has become. Nintendo has issued a, quote, notification of acquisition of treasury shares and cancellation of treasury shares. Basically means the company will buy back some of its own shares and then cancel them, taking them out of the company's batch of stock. The less shares and, shareholder, the less shares and shareholders the company has, the less it is obligated to pay out dividends ultimately. There's a big press release here kind of saying what they're planning on doing. Uh... So I think I think this is good, right? I think I think Nintendo mm-hmm. being able to make their own financial decisions without relying on shareholders. I think we see a lot of games on the especially on the other platforms kind of make decisions to make shareholders happy and not exactly create like give their devs full creativity, right? Even though like there's some pretty yeah. good things out there going on, right? Especially third-party developers. I I feel this happens more uh, too. So what do you, what do you guys think? You think this is going to help Nintendo be more creative? Cause I mean, I, not that they haven't been creative already this gen, but. Well, I think it's smart of them because, you know, when they have their shareholder meetings, 
they have less people to talk to about the business plan and stuff, um, they won't have to have pressure or be worried about why they're not getting their money or and explaining if something that's not successful or anything. Um, and plus, this is a company who got ten billion again, ten billion again in their account in case of they go under. And I don't think that's happening anytime soon. So I think it's good. I think the the more control that they have of their products and what they say and what games they could bring out and stuff, um, I, I think the less they have to worry about, you know, those shareholders or CEOs trying to make decisions who don't know nothing about games. Uh, Jacob, what do you think? I think it's an exciting future. I, I have no idea what this means as far as, like, what the game the company does game creativity-wise or just creativity-wise in general. They're putting a lot of their time into uh, into other markets such as the amusement park and movies and things like that. Um, I I feel like it could go either way. I feel like I, I haven't looked enough into it to know, like, what shareholders are kind of demanding out of them, and I feel like it could go either – more creative and fun and like what people always remember as far as the nostalgia for Nintendo is, or it could go the exact opposite. And like it could, we could find out that they have had like these crazy bad ideas and shareholders have been like keeping them on track. (laughs) And then we all, we're all like, Oh no, what's going on? (laughs) Um, So, but it's, there's change coming. And I think that that's cool. I think that it can be exciting. Um, but I, I really don't I really don't know enough about this. I'm interested to see what there's a lot of people on on like on Twitter like um, Nintendo Economics and, and Stealth who does market research and and a lot of people like those. I'm interested to see what their thoughts on this are and what they how they think it could pan out. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested to see. I mean, it, it's like I never really thought of Nintendo as like someone who has i mean of course they're a publicly traded company but i just never felt nintendo of all the video game companies kind of feels like mm-hmm. they aren't the publicly traded company you know what i mean and it just kind of it always feels like they're marching to the beat of their own drum so uh jack wh- how do you feel about all this yeah uh i i could echo that that's that statement as well um they, they seem to never really answer to anybody, but um, if they're going to have less influence to continue their freedom, that's great. And $900 million, um, that's a hefty chunk of change to be buying back shares. Um, but, yeah, this is it's just showing the, the great success that they've been having this generation. And hopefully they uh, can continue to reach out with their, their great friends like the amusement parks and um, – the movie uh, that's supposed to be coming out next year for Mario, and they say they actually see that it's doing good for their brand, and continue to dip their toe in other other markets that they have uh, kind of shied away from in the past. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, speaking of speaking of spending money, Focus Home Interactive has purchased uh, the the retro games leader uh dot emu who is developing the ninja turtles the upcoming ninja turtles game uh they did streets of rage 4 uh focus home interactive seems to be taking a, a very odd approach to purchasing studios or making deals with studios right like mm-hmm. i feel like 
we, we're seeing a lot of consolidation in the industry right now with obviously Microsoft's bought and purchased a lot of studios. Sony's making second party deals with a lot of studios. They just purchased Housemark and uh, uh, Nixus to, to develop PC style games. And then the big rumor, which was also kind of leaked by them, is that they're going to buy Bluepoint very soon. Uh, Focus Home Interactive is becoming a bigger player in that as well, where they recently made a deal with Remedy to purchase to uh, publish con- the Control sequels and stuff. Uh, they already own Spiders, which, for those who don't know, made that pirate... What was that pirate game called that they made? Uh, it's very popular, and I have no idea what... Sea of Thieves? No, not Sea of Thieves. No, that's my okay. The... Uh, Shoot, what is the game called? Anyways, they just purchased .emu, which I think is a pretty smart purchase for them. Uh, their games are usually high quality. Uh, Adam, I'm going to go your way first uh, since you're the big kind of retro guy here. How do you feel about uh, .emu kind of getting maybe getting a bigger budget for a larger retro-style game? Uh, for me? Uh Okay, um, I was first of all I'm shocked because that emu they, like they're so good and I felt like they were making a lot of money from a lot of a lot of good sales and stuff. So I'm kind of baffled by Focus has purchased them, but maybe this is going to help them be able to develop more games, like definitely from Sega's catalog that's not being touched. You know, it, it seems that when Dot Emu touches a Sega game and brings it out, it does wonders. Um, to see how they get this Ninja Turtles is gonna look uh, when it comes out, it's probably gonna do like mad numbers. Um, and I, I think that if this is if this gonna help Dot Emu make be able to make more games and get them get them out in a properly fashion and actually put out physical versions of these guys instead of waiting for like limited runs to get a hold of them this is a good thing um i was just shocked by the news i i would never expect focus to buy the dot emu and dot emu to like literally uh make a business deal of being brought with focus so I can't wait to see what they deliver in the future. Um, and maybe we'll see more of this stuff in Nintendo Direct. Maybe we'll, we'll see uh, a lot of focus games and .emi games in a Nintendo Direct. So I'm excited. Hmm. The game, the game, by the way, Greedfall was the pirate game that I couldn't uh, think of the okay. name. Uh, Jack, how do, you feel about, how do you feel about this? Do you think it's good uh, that .emu seems to have some financial stability to create more retro-style games, or do you, are you opposed to the consolidation of the game industry? Uh, it, it always makes me a little bit uh, nervous when bigger companies acquire smaller. Um, I think it takes away uh, some of that, that freedom and that creativity of a company that does more with less. Um, especially when they have more people to answer to. Um, but uh, the, their previous track record, I think everybody here is excited for the upcoming Ninja Turtle game. Um, you know, And if they could actually have a bigger budget, maybe it could lead to bigger and exciting things. But um, yeah, overall, my concern is that you know, then we're going to have a ton of... Similar games that are uh, based upon, you know, if this Ninja Turtle game does well, which I expect it will, um, 
we don't need another four sequels exactly like that, you know, in a short time frame. Part of why this is exciting is because we haven't had something like this since basically Turtles in Time uh, came out. And that was the early to mid 90s. So if we're just going to have all this type of game shoved down our throats, I think it takes away uh, what makes a game like that special. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. Although, like, I see what Microsoft is doing with smaller teams and kind of letting them have creative control. So, uh, Jacob, what are your thoughts on this? I I really don't have any thoughts on this. The only game by them or from them that I'm even excited for is Turtles in Time, and I haven't played any of the other games that they've put out. So it, it just doesn't. This this news story isn't anything that appeals to me. Shredder's Revenge. Fair enough. Fair, fair enough. Uh I'm excited because Turtles is awesome. Sorry, sorry, my kid is screaming in the background. So I'm going to read this next story real quick and have you guys talk about it. So uh, the next story is coming from our very own Dan Murphy on BossRush.net. Nintendo has sold, uh, has officially outsold the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. Uh, They've sold, as of today, they've sold 89.04 million units uh and they hope to pass the wii by the end of the fiscal year which is 101.63 million units uh yeah that's a that's a lot of units that's insane i know yeah it's It's insane absurd yes so i think definitely with the switch uh over there coming out they're going to hit that definitely with christmas coming um hanukkah coming for some people uh, I think the old day, once people actually see it and get it in their hands and other people's switches uh, are start kind of fading out, I think people are going to go and get the old day and push that number to that one-on-one uh, for we. Uh, that, just, oh, go, go ahead. ahead go ahead. Well, I, so I, I just had to look this up because I couldn't, I couldn't remember. But the Wii, the Wii had like a 10-year lifespan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Switch is on year four now. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, that's, so it's, that's the most it's impressive thing four. about this. And even more so than that, like all of those systems, the Wii, the Xbox 360, the PS3, those were like, as far as I'm concerned, as like a consumer – and it might be because at that time I was working at GameStop. Those were like that was the most I'd ever seen anyone purchase gaming gaming stuff before. Mm-hmm. That was like the peak of gaming in my mind. And to for for the Switch to be doing better than that in such a short amount of time, that's nuts. Yeah. 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 Well, oh, go ahead, Jay. I was just gonna say, yeah, I, it, that's that time period. It felt like everybody I knew. They, I was in college then, so you know we. Me and all my friends, we were still working in college. We actually had some money uh, to spend, and we actually had, you know, seeing everybody's game libraries grow during that time. And then also with the Wii, everybody played the Wii. Everybody had a Wii. I remember my buddy's girlfriends getting Wiis, and it's like, this is just weird. You know, it was people that you didn't see um, having them. And the fact that the switch in under five years is going to break. That is ridiculous considering um, I think the PS3 came out in 2006 and then the PS4 came out in 2013, I believe. So a seven year life cycle before the next uh, generation started. That's insane. And I know that um, a lot of it is because people are double dipping, 
you know, a number of people have, um, you know, the, the regular switch and then they have the switch light. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, Ed, with the OLED coming out, people are going to dip their toe in again. Uh, I, I have kids, so I'm, I'm thinking about uh, getting a switch light for my son. So it's going to be multiple units in the same house. So it definitely is something to compare and has been discussed, but it's still impressive to think this many households actually are that it's going to surpass the Wii. I didn't think that Nintendo was going to have a, another system to even come close with the Wii with how well that did. Well, it's because of the switch. I think for Nintendo, definitely in this modern age, it's the only console around this time that has probably have multiple one-on-one connections. When you buy the switch, you're buying Mario Kart or you're buying definitely last year, how people were buying switches and applying animal crossing to there yeah. to get to the number that it was. And then you just add, it was just, it was just adding on. Yes. When switch came out, it was breath of the wild, but then people started adding Skyrim. People started adding arms. Um, um, people started adding Mario Odyssey, and it was just like hit after hit, game after game. Whenever you was able to get a chance for a Switch game, you were your library is probably already going to start out at least with five games. And we're not even connecting that to the eShop stuff that was dropping um, around that time. So, and it's been that kind of year after year that there is some kind of game attached to the system that's going to make you buy it. Um, like even with Fire Emblem, probably Monster Hunter probably did something this year, you know. Oh, and people yeah. are, you know, look at just the pre-orders for Metroid Dread and and Switch OLED. Mm-hmm. You know, people were able to easily get an OLED one, maybe not the ones that some people wanted, but everybody's just like, when I'm getting this OLED Switch, I'm getting Metroid. And like you haven't heard anyone or see any kind of console do that for a long time now. I'm not uh, discounting Xbox because people, I think Series X, if it comes, when it comes more available, uh, Halo Infinite is going to be that game. For some people, when PlayStation 5 came out, it was Spider-Man or it was Demon's Souls, you know, that did that. But Switch, year after year, there was always a game a, uh, uh, connected to that system when it was brought. And then you literally started on, like, ch- yeah, you might start off with one game, but then you look on the eShop, that one game probably got into, like, five games because you bought four on the eShop and more. So I think it's going to hit, like I said, I think it's going to hit that one-on-one uh, or surpass it by the end of the year. I kind of feel like they, it's, a, it's a possibility they do it by the time Black Friday comes around. So I, I wanted to bring up another thing um, in that the, the PS4 came out in 2013, I believe, if I'm reading this correctly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the estimated lifespan of the PS4 from Sony is 2024. So we have about three years left on that. The Switch is only 30, 30 million units behind the PS4, which has already had a nine- 10 years. Uh, no, I can't do the math. Seven, 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 seven year lifespan. No, would it be, it'd be eight, uh, right? Oh, eight, eight, eight. eight yep, yes. You're right. So yeah. eight year lifespan. We're on half of that. And the switch is sold almost the same amount. Very, very close when you're talking mm-hmm. that massive amount of numbers. And like the PS4, I, as much of a Nintendo fanboy as I am, I'm happy to admit when company, other companies are doing well, PS4 is mm-hmm. killing it. Yeah. Absolutely killing it. But then the fact that this is happening 
and the, and that they have this new console, even though it's not really like a huge upgrade. There's a lot of people are double dipping on this OLED switch and they they're going to announce a pro or maybe up like they're going to keep the switch lifespan going like they did with the 3DS. And so mm-hmm. this is this is. Ah, oh, it boggles my mind how you, good Nintendo is at console sales when it comes you know to its use, including their software. You know what's weird? And like, Ed, you and I have done this a couple times now with this show. Mm-hmm. Nintendo's average lifespan for a console is 4.8 years. 4.8. NES, SNES, 64 all five-year life cycles. The GameCube was a four-year life cycle. The Wii, about six and a half years. The Wii U, about five years. The Switch is entering its fifth year, and not only are we not hearing about its successor, we are not even speculating about what its successor could be because I don't think anybody wants anything else from Nintendo other than what they're doing right now. And... I think that's why we're going to get iteration upon iteration upon iteration of the switch. And like, okay, it's going to turn into almost like an iPad situation where it's like, okay, well, we're just going to keep iterating and iterating and iterating. Mm-hmm. It'll be more powerful. That's- and I think, I think that's the direction we're going. Right. And I, just, I think people go ahead. Sorry. Oh, uh, I was just going to say, and they're probably waiting for if they do design like a new, not 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 under the switch banner, but let's just say a new generation of their console. I think they're waiting for certain chips to go lower in price. I think I think twenty twenty three we're gonna see a a new like a super switch. I think twenty twenty three is mm. a good uh because you see, Nintendo usually iterates on their consoles about every two or two and a half years, right? You look at the Game Boy, yeah. Starting with you know, obviously starting with the Game Boy Pocket. Two years later, we got the Game Boy Color. Two years later, we got the Game Boy Advance. A year and a half later, we got the Game Boy Advance SP. So on, so forth. You saw five iterations of the DS, 3DS, so on. I think I think the Switch is going to be on that path, right? You saw the Switch, you saw the Switch Lite, two years apart. Now you see the OLED switch, which is about two years after the Switch Lite, right? Not total iterations. Which is basically but... the 3DS XL. Yeah. 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 Like, that's uh, what I'm saying. I... It's like, okay, so next on the docket is like the Switch's version of the new 3DS. Yep. I, I wonder if they're, I wonder if they got two kind of research and development teams that one is focused on Switches, like updating it and coming up with new versions. And well, then I wonder if there's like another team playing around with ideas of what do they want to create for the, well, ne- I think, for the I think future that's, of Nintendo. I think that's one and the same, right? Where like, hey, mm-hmm. is, is what we're doing working? How can we improve it? And then once they're at the drawing board they're like okay here's what will work after this right but we're not going to focus on that right now we're going to focus on updating the switch fixing the joy cons <laughs> hopefully <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh you know making a console that i feel like will compete and get third-party partners on board right because mm-hmm. they've all we know there have been notes and leaks nintendo has told developers to get future games 4k ready for the switch those those messages are out there right and yeah maybe the oled switch was supposed to have some sort of thing and with a chip sort shortage and ever whatever they just kind of backed mm-hmm. out and said okay we're just we have this chipset we 
have these nice screens from Samsung. Why don't we just shove that screen on there, make it real nice. This will be like a halfway iteration, and then we'll do the 4K switch in a couple years when, you know, the pandemic dies down, pandemic's over, you know, chips are cheap again. You know what I mean? I just... I just think it's, I think the Switch is just, they've been trying to do this since the freaking Super Game Boy on Super Nintendo. Trying to merge their handheld and home consoles together. And we saw this because, with, what were you going to say, Jacob? I was going to say, as part of that, because it's always in the past, it's been, ah, oh, well, you know, the GameCube's not doing well, but good thing we got that Game Boy Advance mm-hmm. that's selling like gangbusters. Oh man, the DS, it's kind of, it's kind of dying down. Oh, but the Wii, hey, the Wii's blowing it out of the park. And, and now they finally combined that. So you're mm-hmm. absolutely right that this has been their goal. And I wanted to add on to what Ed said in that they, they probably do have a department that's dedicated to a research and development team that's dedicated to what's next, what's after the Switch. But mm-hmm. the thing is, Nintendo historically doesn't like to move on until it's something Oh new. yeah, It's innovative. Yeah, I, I, yeah. For them personally, I don't think you get – like you, you have to enter like – the the virtual or augmented reality gaming space for them to innovate any further on the what is the console handheld Whoa, hold on jacob experience. they already made a headset it's called <laughs> uh, nintendo labo boy oh well, yeah okay well yeah mario kart live yeah yeah you know see but like that imagine a system that you could play Mario and point it at your desk and run him across your desk. You jumping off of like, it reads like your monitor and your keyboard and those become objects in the game like that. I I could see that being a thing or going the virtual route. And I don't think they're going to shy away from the switch until they've secured that process. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, it's, it's impressive either way. Uh, I did want to hit on the the PlayStation 4 sales on how it could I heard a cool thing or an interesting thing the other day where and it actually makes sense where <clears throat> the PlayStation 4 might actually have a longer tail due to uh uh countries with high tariffs it's finally going to be cheaper cheap enough for them to buy right cuz like South America uh Central America have high trade tariffs in the mm-hmm. in the Sega Genesis and the PlayStation 2 were popular there for years after, right? They were selling Sega Genesis yep. while Dreamcast was out in Brazil. And it, it, there's this whole crazy Sega culture down there. And it's just, I think the I think the PlayStation 4 will have legs like the PS2 based on that alone, right? And, and mm-hmm. But I also think that we've actually seen a drastic dip in PlayStation 4 sales since the PlayStation 5 was has been uh released um which hasn't really happened for them before because usually when the new console comes out the old console gets really cheap people buy that because there's a whole library of games to buy yada yada blah blah playstation 4 there's just like a a dip you look at this chart that that sony actually released to say how great the playstation 5 is selling and the playstation 4 is on there and there's just like a straight dip down there's no like you know, cool little zigzags or whatever to show yeah. uh, growth or anything. So. Corey, you mentioned uh, South America, you mentioned Brazil, and I was just going to say, that's how we got Blazing Chrome 
on Switch. Mm-hmm. Like the developers are in Brazil. That's why it looks like a Sega Genesis game. Yeah, because they because... developed it for Sega Genesis because <laughs> exactly. that's all they had down there, which is exactly. cool. Um, and that game did wonders for them because a lot of people really love that game. Yeah, on Switch. Uh, all right, we're we're gonna get to our last story here. Uh, sorry that was a little bit long, but that was a was a good conversation. It's, it's always a cool conversation to talk about how how good Nintendo is doing because Ed and I talk about it all the time. We started we started this show when the Wii U was on the decline, right? Like it was just mm-hmm. a rare copy of Super Mario Brothers sells for two million dollars as retro bidding explosion continues. This is crazy. This is so crazy. I'm gonna. Look, as much as, as much as I love my Nintendo 64 collection, I I could buy a house with those games down there. I'm just saying, I'm going to I'm going to I have I have that really awesome Mario 64 port on my Switch now, so I don't need anything else. Uh, <laughs> so, this comes from Wesley LeBlanc from IGN, a factory sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers has sold for a record-breaking $2 million, making it the most valuable video game collectible for now, collectibles web- website Rally announced the sale on Twitter today. As reported by Polygon, the two million dollar two million dollars is now the highest price paid for a video game in the history of video games. However, this sale wasn't a typical video game auction sale. Mm, there's your there's your asterisk. Uh, the anonymous buyer essentially bought the game from shareholders. Uh, so that's that's a. Uh, that's an asterisk for you. That's because Rally is a different is different from traditional auction sites. Rally sells shares of collectibles to investors, and then when those collectibles are sold by buyers, the shareholders receive a return on their investment. So in this case, the buyer purchased a factory sealed limited run print of the original Super Mario Brothers for two million dollars only after the collectible shareholders approved such a sale. The New York Times reports that this $2 million sale saw shareholders receive a return of investment uh, on their shares for roughly 900%. This this retro gaming stuff is just out of control. First, like that first Mario Brothers uh, sale, and then Mario 64, and now this. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's out of control. Jack, what, do you, I, what, what are your thoughts oh, on, on these crazy retro auctions? Uh, I'm mad at how everybody in the world seems to have millions of dollars lying around to buy a game that you can buy for, you know, five bucks on an eShop. But it also just gets me thinking, okay, you mentioned your N64 collection. I got my GameCube's collection over there. Um, You know, I I dipped in and sold some stuff. I had a GameCube component cable. Mm, That's a good one. Oh yeah, yep. yeah. Well, I, I you just probably bought it. it. You probably bought it for what, like twenty bucks somewhere, and then like bucks. what? Ten years yes. later, you sell it for two hundred. I just sold it like two months ago for three hundred and thirty-five bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it, uh-huh. it was a no-brainer. Like I, I can even hook it up to the TV. Everything's all HDMI. So it was like, all right, you know, this is just giving me the opportunity to reevaluate my collection and go, what am I actually going to play? You know, because for a certain amount of money, I could better. Put it to good use. I mean, they, they just have good memories and they look good on the shelf. But yeah. you know, I, I just gotta hold off until I can find uh, you know my my treasure collection that I could uh, retire on. You know, but I don't think I have anything like that, two million dollars worth mm. 
it's, it's absurd. It, it just makes me shake my head left and right. Uh, I've, I've been thinking about getting rid of my original set of Pokemon cards and they're all still in sleeves. They're in pretty, I would say pretty perfect condition. Uh, they're all first editions. I've been really contemplating getting them graded and getting rid of them because I have no affection for these cards at all. And they're just all sitting in my basement in perfect condition. What's holding you back? Effort? Uh, trying to figure out how to get them graded and where to send yeah. them and the best way to do it. Uh, and like yeah. the waiting list on getting training cards graded right now is like six months to a year. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, so that time frame is actually what's holding me back from doing it. Gotcha. Uh, although, I mean, six months ago probably would have been the time to do it because Pokemon cards yeah. are crazy right now. Yeah. But, uh, I don't have that first edition Charizard, though. That's the only one I don't have. It's literally the only card I don't have. Is yeah, but there's one. there's so many of those floating around that you find somebody who's got that card and they have none of the other ones and you just sell it to them. Here, complete your collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I have a... I was looking up graded Pokemon cards the other day. I have a first edition foil Blastoise. That's uh, if you got if it's graded past the nine is worth like thirty grand. <laughs> I'm like, jeez, I could oh. I could put a down payment on a house if I could get that. Yeah, shoot, uh, I might buy the house with your cards. Hmm, thirty grand for a house, Ed. What kind of house are you living in? I'm talking about all your cards together. Oh, yeah, shoot. all these cards. Yeah, I could buy the whole city. God, it'd be awesome. No, I, uh, so I've been thinking about that. I also have a lot of N64 games. All, I have like almost 40 N64 games, and all of them are complete in box except for about six of them. So I've been really contemplating that as well, especially because like I have the gold cartridge Zelda games complete in box. And I'm like, I have them on my 3DS. I have it on my Wii U. I'm gonna have them on Switch eventually, hopefully someday. <laughs> do do I need these? You know, because like my biggest fear is that like my kids are gonna get into them and just shred these boxes oh. at some time at some point. And I'm just like, I gotta do it before this happens. Or uh, and like I have I have enough amiibo and statues and whatever to hold on to those memories like what do i need a cardboard box for you know so anyways i don't have a sealed copy of super mario brothers though (laughs) i just say that this is ridiculous just like where's the not i'm sorry where's the microsoft or sony stuff at (laughs) like Where's the rare copies of games that are? I mean, Gravity Rush for PlayStation Four is pretty expensive. Like, where's Final Fantasy Tactics at in this original form? It goes. It goes back to to a little bit of what Corey was saying is that those these old games, these NES, SNES, GameCube, game uh, not GameCube, N sixty four games, they were in cardboard boxes. Those -hmm. things, even if you had one, if you didn't keep it in a box in a, in a case like a plastic case somewhere contained and you put that thing in your attic it's gonna it's gonna mildew and melt and be terrible mm-hmm. so they're incredibly hard to find with all of that stuff and these all these older games like on playstation they have plastic cases you can replace that you can you can buy the same case that the place original playstation games came in 
throw the sleeve and the cover art in there, and it mm-hmm. looks the exact same. Mm-hmm. And it well, costs it, you like ninety eight cents. It, yeah. it kind of feels like that these Nintendo games are like time capsule games. You know, like you do, you threw them in the time capsule. Ten years have passed. You brought it out, and the value just jumped up. In a sense, um, I mean, yeah, I, it's kind of what it is. You know, I and is it just that you're paying it because yes, it is in its original form, but you're paying just to collect it to have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can't be me. I'd be like, you know, when I get a game, I want to take it out and I want to play it. But I don't think like. Uh, and how many how many unopened games do you have right now? <laughs> Too many. Okay. Uh, For reference, a 6.5 graded Final Fantasy Tactics sealed inbox black label sold on eBay for $565. You know, I actually thought that uh, Prince of Dragoon for Sega Saturn would be the most expensive game. I mean, mean, it it all depends, right? Like, it just just depends Mm -hmm. at this point. And nostalgia plays a big role in it i'm not sure too many people people hear stories about panzer dragoon but people aren't nostalgic for panzer dragoon people are nostalgic for mario brothers people are nostalgic for zelda right and those games are going Mm -hmm. to be the you know everybody can be like oh stadium events that game's rare but i don't know but but you but it's weird that you go like people selling something like that for like ten thousand dollars compared to what we hear now that people are paying the millions for it it's just like wow that is a big jump to buy what can, what can i say pandemic uh isolation has made people crazy and apparently found uh pirate treasure under their, their foundation of their house <laughs> also I, I at this point I just have to think that this is like some sort of some sort of EPing contest between all these rich people. Yeah. Like, oh, you bought Mario for one one point five million dollars. I bought it for two million dollars. Ah, like or whatever it was. I don't know. It, but this is so stupid. I'm. I, it just makes me. It makes me mad at this point that people are spending their money like this. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's gonna do it for family news. Uh, Ed, I'm going to send it back to you. All right, everybody, we're going to get into our dock mode. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 will not only become Nintendo's biggest anticipated game for 2022, but it could be for gaming in general. Although we have to wait till this release, there's more titles to be announced. For this dock mode, I'm asking the Elite Black Agents, how do we envision 2022 to lead up to Breath of the Wild 2's release? And will Sony and Microsoft play a part with their titles? So, we're getting ready for 2022. They say Breath of the Wild is coming out in October. You know, from January... Okay, I'll, I'll rephrase that. From November till... October uh, 2022, how did you guys see Nintendo releasing games? And uh, we'll, we'll focus on that. What did you, like, how do you envision it? Uh, Jack, I'm going to start with you. Uh, well, we know about uh, the new Pokemon coming out in January. I think that that's going to start things off. Um, you know, with the, the announced games that we have, so we have that, the... Um, the new Mario and Rabbids, I see that following up in springtime, you know, probably March, April time frame. Lead right into Splatoon 3 in the summertime. 
And then I think that with the success of Metroid Dread, we already see all of the the pre-sales that Nintendo's finally going to ramp up the hype for Metroid Prime 4. So they're going to finally release the Prime Trilogy. You know, they'll announce that during E3 or whatever is announced, uh, whatever takes place uh, next summer in June. Uh, and then use that momentum to carry them into the summer. Uh, we were kind of touching on Xenoblade uh, Chronicles 3. Uh, that seems like that would be a nice placeholder for the you know August, September, and then leading right into uh, Breath of the Wild sequel uh, is the way that I could see it shaping up. And then you know there will be some other surprise announcements, maybe a, another Kirby game that pops up uh, and fills in something in may or something like that you know one of those lower uh tier games that just uh you know generate you know sales that it doesn't seem like it um that they're really the big blockbuster games or anything like that but that's how i could see the year shaping up you know for them okay Corey, what do you envision uh not to breath of the wild to I actually think Breath of the Wild is going to get pushed out of next year. I don't want it to, but I think it's going to. And I actually oh. think they're going to. I think they're actually going to release Xenoblade Chronicles three first, um, just so they have a big kind of RPG ish game in the fall. Mm-hmm. But obviously, Pokemon's going to be huge in January, right? Because it's kind of like the first step to the Pokemon game everybody wants, right? That kind of open world. Let's go catch things and and bring them back and train them or whatever. I still don't think it's going to be the game everybody wants because it seems like it revolves around one central city instead of, you know, like a big open world. Uh, But I still think it's going to be huge, right? And and obviously the remakes are going to be huge in November. But uh, I think Pokemon's going to be huge. I think Mario plus Rabbids is going to be in the springtime. Uh... I think that Splatoon 3 is going to be huge for Nintendo. Yeah. That game, I mean, Splatoon 2 sold, what, 12 million units? And I I just think Splatoon 3 is going to be probably their biggest game next year, uh, without, a, without a doubt. Um, I think they're going obviously going to have a few surprises up up their sleeve. I think, I think we'll get a lot of ports next year. Uh, because Breath of the Wild is pushed. I think we're finally going to get the Wind Waker and Twilight Princess HD next year. I think we're going to get the Prime Trilogy next year to kind of hold us over. And then 2023 will be Breath of the Wild and Metroid Prime 4. That's my thought. Uh, And then we'll get some sort of... I I don't know. I still think Bayonetta 3 is coming next year as well. (laughs) <laughs> Although I know Platinum is very busy with Babylon's Fall and uh, what, what's their other project they're working on, Ed? I forget. Was it the one that, that Apple gave? Yeah, but that's out already. So um, I, know they're, I know they're working on becoming a publisher of smaller games. I know they're working on publishing their own games. Uh, I don't know. There's been a rumor that we're getting a sequel to Vanquish at some point. Uh, so... I think I think they're gonna want to get. I I just feel like Bayonetta three is like this 
at this point, anchor holding them back from what they want to be as a company that I think mm-hmm. they just want to hurry up and get it out. Uh, not that it's going to be bad or feel rushed or anything. I just th- I feel like that's the that's the last brick that's holding them down. And if once they become free of that, they can become the company that they really envision themselves being. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think we're going to get that uh, next year, probably, probably like July August. Um, you don't want to put it in the fall because as much as we like Bayonetta. That game would get eaten alive in the fall, um, mm-hmm. and I think it, I think spring is too early for that, especially with uh, the horizon getting delayed and people are going to be focused on these other Nintendo games. So um, that's my thought, and What's... I think I think Xenoblade and maybe a Mario game next year are going to be the big titles, and then Zelda will be the spring game in 2023, and Metroid Prime Four will be probably like a September game in 2023. Was Bayonetta 2 October for Wii U when the original came out? I think it was September. September? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what about you, Jacob? What did you envision? I, <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to be releasing in October. I think it's going to be releasing in early spring. Oh, ch- just just for, this, for the discussion. Okay. It's in October. Well, so then I... I don't know. I, they, we know Pokemon's coming out. We know Metroid Prime 4 is somewhere in there. We know Splatoon 3 is there. We know um, we know about well, what's the we know possibly Xenoblade Chronicles 3. We know um, Bayonetta 3. Uh, did, did No More Heroes 3 come out? Has it been pushed back? Yet? I don't even it's know what's the, going on. It's coming out at the end of this month. month. Okay. Yeah. Supposedly. Okay, uh, I but I don't think they push it back at all. I don't think they push. I think if and if they do push back Breath of the Wild, I, I think that it. I think that that would be the sign of uh, it being pushed back to be put on Switch and Switch Pro, like upgraded for Switch Pro type of thing. Um, Mario plus Rabbids probably probably an early spring game. Splatoon three probably a summer game, um, and then just stuff that we don't know about yet announced in there. Okay. Well, I know with Metroid Dread, uh, like Jack said, we got that October. We got the Pokemon remix of Diamond and Pearl in November. Uh, we got Advanced Warfare in December. Uh, January, Pokemon Azure, Azure, I think that's the name. Arceus. Arceus. Goodness, Azure. Uh, Arceus. Um, and then, like we know, again, Dad's been playing in his free time. <laughs> Mario, we got Mario Rabbits. Uh, we got Splatoon, um, Party Bayonetta. There's a possibility we could get Astro Chain too. There's a possibility we could get Fire Emblem, uh, a Fire Emblem game. Maybe Fire Emblem Warriors too. Well, we already no, know that we already know that Astral Chain, the the first game was developed with with a trilogy in mind, right? Like that's. Mm-hmm. That's what Platinum said, but we also know yeah. that Nintendo owns the IP and that Platinum kind of wants out from this publisher deal from Nintendo, right? Like I feel like yeah. I feel like whatever Astral Chain 2 is I think they might go the dark side siders route where they make it a different gameplay style each time. I mean, they could do that, but I, I'm also thinking maybe Astral Chain 2 won't even be Platinum. I think it could be like Tecmo Koei or something. And you know what I mean? Like there's so many games that 
uh, well, Koei Tecmo. Is it Tecmo Koei or Koei Tecmo? I don't even. I don't Koei even know. Koei Tecmo. Koei Tecmo. Yeah. Koei Tecmo. Like they did. Uh, they did Fire Emblem Three Houses, right? Like that was. I. Everybody thinks intelligent systems when they think of of Fire Emblem. They. Uh, intelligent systems only developed about or oversaw the game and worked on about ten percent of the game, right? They were mm. they were making Paper Mario, which is crazy to me to think think that but i mean i could totally see koei tecmo stepping in to make it a second astral chain game because of nintendo's own ownership right so which is weird that platinum would want to get away with get away from nintendo um it's not weird they want to publish their own yeah games. they want to be their own they want to be their own well, thing well it, and it's not I mean, weird that somebody doesn't want to work with nintendo does, well, no, whatever you they, say no, because the thing about it is, is that they say that and then they connect with Square to do near Automata and near Replicant, you know. So it's just like, oh, oh. it's weird to say that they just kind of want to move away from Nintendo to publish their own games, but then they do. Well, something these are with these Square are already games. these are already pre-existing contractual agreements, though. It's not like yeah. they made these. Right. I mean, Nier took five years to develop. Like they made that, they made that contractual agreement probably six or seven years ago, right? Like, right. And nothing. They've got, they've got contracts to let out. They've yeah. got, they've got jobs to do, and then they'll, then they'll Which, start working on their own thing. It's, it's the Which same were, reason why Microsoft is letting Deathloop and Tokyo or Ghostwire Tokyo come out on PlayStation, right? They, they're upholding the contracts, right? That, that's, that's Which just. just which is probably with Nintendo that they got. If we're going to do the contract thing, they're probably going to do with contracts with two. With, uh, they may have two and three with Platinum, and that might be a contract or thing. Um, but like just for twenty, like just for twenty two, you know, it's a possibility that we might see that. We might see Arms two being announced. Mm. We might it's a possibility see possibility that we'll see anything being announced. Yes, yeah. I mean, yes, um, we'll probably. Maybe like some of their uh, Nintendo games that that were in Japan that never came out here. Maybe they will get remade, like the Famicom Detective Club. How that got redone and got released. We may see something like that again, mm-hmm. or a certain game like that. We may see Captain Rainbow. I mean, there's um, what five could... other detective games, right? The Famicom Detective games. There was what five total, see, but... right? But um, there was two. There was only been two. No, that, I'm saying that series is a good point, oh. though. That series is a good point, though, because nobody expected that. Mm. Nobody asked for that. Nobody. There was no yeah. hints that oh, these are coming. Be be looking out for them. They just they just dropped. They just were announced, and then a few months later or a, a few weeks later, they were dropped. And that, that's that's what it was. And there's we have no idea what's going on with any of these companies until mm. we hear rumors like with the Xenoblade Chronicles three thing. And so that's the only thing that we have to go off of. Mm-hmm. So, like, as far as, like, what the only thing that we could make assumptions towards is what we actually know, what we've actually been told and what we've heard. And and anything, anything could be announced in between now and then. Well, I, well there's a positive. I feel like Mario Kart 9 is dropping next year. I don't think I, so. I, Mario Kart 8 is still the top-selling it's Switch just, game. It's yeah. not coming. They don't but need I, it. They're going to focus their resources on other things. But I need think- it. I, I know we all need it. Look, I've been playing Mario Kart 8 since, like, what, 2012, 13? Yeah. I'm t- I, I, as much as I love that game, I'm so tired of those tracks. Wow. I'm just, I'm just, exactly. I could, well, and, and, I could play those tracks. Instead of having with, 9, have yeah. the DLC come out. You know? I think, I think Mario... Speaking... Side tangent. 
Mario Kart <laughs> is the perfect game as a service for Nintendo. You give us Mario Kart, you give us a handful of tracks, you give us that Fortnite battle pass for costumes and events and whatever else, right? Nintendo's not smart enough to do that. Or maybe they're way smarter. <laughs> they did it on phones. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I, I just feel like we'll we'll see that. I feel like we'll see that for a Nintendo Direct, like the last Nintendo Direct, and be like 2022 Mario Kart now. Just saying, and, and that's a possibility. I I kind of I just feel like all of that, all of this these good titles and stuff leading up to Breath of the Wild, that would literally make 22 like a bunkers year of but, games. But of, that's, of, that's of, true of for games. anything. But, well, it's true for anything, yeah. though. Well, it's, yeah, but but a lot of people kind of, kind of felt like like 2019, mad crazy gaming. September that was a insane amount of games. Dragon Quest, Link's Awakening. Um, after you just came from Astro Train and Fire Emblem from uh, July and August, and like, Mario Kart a, and Marvel Ultimate Alliance and yeah, June, like, Mansion Three, like yeah, yeah, like. The stuff that you didn't expect when me, Corey, remember but, when, uh, before we get, I, uh, before I let you speak, Jacob, Corey, remember when they announced Switch and people was asking the system is gonna, is gonna have no games? And then just look at all the stuff that's been rolling out year after year. I know, but that first year was all Nintendo. You have to admit that that first year, except for, mm-hmm. except for like games like Bomberman and, Shovel Knight, the Shovel Knight port, and uh, what what was the May game that year? The Street Fighter, I think, from Capcom, think that forty dollars yeah. Street Fighter two port. Yeah, like Nintendo carried the Switch, right? With the exception of Mario Rabbids with with Ubisoft, right? Like, yeah, like Nintendo carried that first year, and then they saw how well the Switch was doing, right? Because I I fully think that Nintendo was planning on supporting the 3DS for another year. Oh, at yeah. least, just in case and the I, switch didn't work. And well, I mean, besides that, Japan, did. yeah, I mean, besides that January reveal of the console, which was pretty, not it wasn't great, right? We did a watch along for that, and it was like the reveal wasn't great, but the console ended up being exactly what everybody wanted, ironically, and and obviously the the rest writes itself, but. Yeah, I, I think when we was watching that direct with Doom being announced uh, from Bethesda on Switch, I mean, and it was the just Bethesda like games. We it was Wolfenstein too. Yeah. It was it was yeah. Doom. It was Elder Scrolls. Right, Bethesda really brought stuff to Switch, and that excited people. Yeah, and I think it was just like the success that indies were having, the success that some third parties were having, hitting a million or getting 700,000 copies in two weeks and stuff. Like, that was a big surprise with that. So, to say that going into 22, just from Nintendo itself, like, they probably have a lot to build up for it. You know, there's a lot of possibilities. Like, I agree with you guys. Mario Rapids, Pokemon, Metro Pride 4, Maybe Metro Trilogy. Um, shoot, but, who knows? Like even some DLC to the past existing games we may see. Oh, go ahead, but, Jacob. But my point, my point to all of this is that none of that, none of those games have anything to do 
with Breath of the Wild 2 releasing. Nope. None of them have anything to do with any of them releasing. The only games unless that they're the, part of the same series. The because, only game like, the Skyward only, Sword. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say the only games that have anything to do with Breath of the Wild releasing are the other Zelda ports. Yeah. If Breath that's, of the Wild gets delayed. Because nobody there's no one out there that's like, "Oh, they released Breath of the Wild 2 this year, but you know what? They didn't release Advance Wars 3, so I'm not going to buy Breath of the no, Wild." No, no. I'm just saying no, <laughs> like, but that's but that's not the thing. Envision the games <laughs> that's coming out per month to lead up to Breath of the Wild. Like like how do you kind of like how do you see their lineup? That's you know, my point t- is like they there is no lead up to Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild coming out is all the lead up Breath of the Wild needs. They could well, release, yeah. just like in 2017, they could release the brand new Mario. They could release nothing but bangers every single month. And no one, they would just say, this is a great year. No one would think, wow, this really helped Breath of the Wild 2's release. Like, right. And that's not the, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say, do you, what can you, what do you envision leading up to it? Like what games will come out that people will, uh, will buy or in play and be like, man, I can't believe I got this game in my library this year. Anything. Up to it. Anything. <laughs> Any game, any game at all. My most anticipated game right now for the rest of the year is Mario Party Superstars. Okay, so get out of here. (laughs) That's I I said this in our Twitter chat. That's the one thing that I don't want. Like, there's nothing that I care about that I want that that I like needs to come out. It's I don't want them to release two absolute units of games in the same month because that means that month goes from being $60 to $120. This is that's so frustrating. This is Nintendo. Have you not noticed I mean, that to game? be fair, in October, we have Fatal Frame, yeah. Mario Metroid. Party, Metroid Dread, I uh, know. Super Monkey and Ball, OLED. the OLED, and the OLED. There's, OLED. There's, Three, four other months, but they—that's what they decided to do. That's what, like, that's what I'm getting at. Is like they could have spread those out, but they didn't, and I don't want them to do that more. Well, I just it, want them to release games monthly. Well, if they do that, <laughs> what do you envision? Mm. What games? That's what I'm trying to get. To. I mean, I feel like we've hit every single but, thing plus at this point. Well, yeah, like it, What do I? Dark Souls Kid Icarus. That's what I okay. in all the time. Yeah, that, that, okay, that's what episode. I want. That's what I want to hear from you. That's what I care about. It could well, be why anything. does it have to lead up to Breath of the Wild? Like that's the part that I'm stuck on. Is why why does it have to lead up to Breath of the Wild? That doesn't make any think, sense. Because I it's Ed you. and he made some generic <laughs> rules that we have to follow on Doc Mode. That's why. Well, because I'm like now getting to the second portion that with Sony and Microsoft with their games, not just people who own those consoles too, who also own a Switch, they may be buying those games still leading up to Switch. Like, and how big of a part does that play in it? Nothing. Nintendo doesn't care what they're doing. I don't think like, Nintendo fans care about what Microsoft or Sony are doing. And like, Nintendo I, doesn't care. Did, name one time that Nintendo has announced a game and then like. Sony or Microsoft has been like, oh, we're releasing our big game at this month, too. And Nintendo was like, oh, you know what? We're changing our date. Look, I mean, just yeah, look, all you have to do is look at Breath of the Wild and Horizon. Exactly. Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Horizon, people and talk about. seems like that's coming out the same way again. Too. Yeah, yeah, it totally does. Uh, but like Breath of or, or, uh, Horizon came out on February 28th. People played it for two days. And look. <laughs> 
People are still talking about Breath of the Wild, and everybody's like, oh, well, Horizon happened. It was not, don't get me wrong, I loved Horizon. I, th- I think it's a great game. I think Aloy is a fantastic character. I, mm-hmm. I totally almost bought the Aloy skin in Fortnite, even though I don't play Fortnite, but like, <laughs> like, people don't talk about Horizon the way that people talk about Breath of the Wild, and I think it, there's a huge reason for that. Yeah, 35 what? years of history will have something to yeah, do with that. I think. Yeah. Well, Jack, I'm going to start with you. Start? How does Sony, start. Yeah, how does, how does, <laughs> what is, what Ed, we've been on this question? topic for 25 minutes. How are I'm we just starting? To, I'm trying to get to the second portion of the question. How does Sony and Microsoft play a part in this, Jack? Um, like, what games do, which you, do you think they're released to lead up to Breath of the Wild? Uh, every single game that has been delayed that was originally scheduled to be hmm. out this year, you know, um, the only game I really care about from the other other competitors is God of War, and I doubt that that's even going to come out in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Horizon looks exciting and fun. Um, I'll definitely check that out, but I, it's yeah, like I, 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 a play, PlayStation. It's like I I. PlayStation is making PlayStation's oh, yeah. yeah Harry Potter that that'll be fun. Uh, the bat the Batman game looks cool too. The yeah. uh, Arkham what is it? No, not Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights. Cool. Gotham Knights. Yeah, looks cool. Uh, wasn't that a wasn't that a multiplayer shooter game? No, that that was. Don't keep uh, talking. I'm gonna look this up. I I know what you're talking about, but it, I don't think it was called Gotham Knights. It was I forget. I know what you're talking about though. That was weird. It was like a bunch of crazy people dressed up like Batman and people dress up like Joker shooting each other. Yeah. Gotham City Imposters. Yeah, Sorry, that one. I had to figure oh, out. goodness gracious. Uh, but like f- for me, like ju- just for my preferences, it's like PlayStation has made it very hard for me to like even be excited for PlayStation 5 to be 100% honest. Like I like Horizon and I like God of War. Uh but both those games are coming to PlayStation 4, right? And I and mm-hmm. I get it. Like I bought a Series X so I could play old games better, right? Like I get it. I I get it. <laughs> I've been playing Master Chief Collection for <laughs> too long. But like I just I I just don't I I find these other comp the other two companies like not as compelling for me as a gamer to play games. And like it, to me it's just like I don't really care what's coming like i'm excited for halo right like i think halo looks great but game pass allows me to play that game without like having to save up my 70 dollars or whatever to play it you know and i think i think i think xbox secret weapon is game pass and i i think i think people don't really i think people get excited because they see new things coming to game pass i don't think they're excited because Microsoft's games are going to make them buy the box, right? Like I think Halo mm-hmm. and I guess Forza Horizon 5 are like the first two staples for the Series X and they're like, "Okay, mark that date. We're going to play these games on the Series X the day they come out. Let's do it," right? And I mean, I I don't know. I don't know what to say about the other two companies. I I'm not as excited. I'm excited for Destiny, right? Like I mean, but that doesn't really count, you know. I, I don't know. Somebody right. shut me up. 
Jacob, <laughs> what? How do, does Sony and Microsoft play a part with their titles? I'll play. I'll play by your rules, Ed, because <laughs> I just thought of something. Sunset Overdrive on the Xbox, which I think is now owned by Sony because they own Insomniac Games now. Yes, they're gonna come together to bring Sunset Overdrive to the Nintendo Switch in 2022. That's what. That's how they're gonna play a part. There it's you a, go. It's a it's possibility. A possibility. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know like what, why, what it's got to do with anything else coming out. But I think that'd be pretty cool because I did play Sunset Overdrive and that game. I loved that game. But so. do you do you, so? I was talking to Jesse um, yesterday, having a good conversation, like talking about this dark mode question, and I was just like, just looking at E3 with Bethesda, like Redfall, Contraband. Uh, I think Starfield is next year. Yeah. Uh, you know, just like though of those games releases, you know, maybe people who are getting those games be like, man, I got a great Xbox library, or just I just got a great library of games, and then Breath of the Wild comes and be like, yes, I got to play some great games, and again, this most anticipated game, like it would be hype. Like I think that's how Microsoft will play it from people who want it, and like with Sony, yeah, maybe if Horizon does get pushed back because there's no official say that the game got delayed. Uh, like Gorilla Sony did, haven't said anything. So, but if it does get delayed, then Horizon Two next year, God of War, even Capcom with some of their games and stuff, maybe Final Fantasy Sixteen. Because even I asked Laurent about it, and he he brought up Final Fantasy Sixteen. Like, yeah, that could play a part in it. And then the other Square game that they announced. Uh, and everything um uh, like i think sony could also bring their game their first party games and maybe some third party games that would help you know be like man i got a a bunch of great titles that i could pick up and buy before breath of the wild and just be like man i had a great year of game so i think that's how sony and microsoft could play maybe cd project red would finally get cyberpunk together and it'd be worth playing but who knows how that's gonna go? Um, so that's that's my thoughts on it. Anything else before we close out the show, everybody? I stand by my fact that I don't think either of those companies give a flying <laughs> flying flute about what Nintendo's doing. Ooh, good one. They don't care about Breath well, of the Wild release. Well, I, I know that, mm. but it's just like the titles that they're putting out that people could buy. Mm. Okay, and I'm cutting I'm, you off. All right, yeah. right. I look forward to 2022, Ed. I look forward to 2022. It'll be good. It'll be a good year for gaming. All right, everybody. We're going to about to get into playing with power. Jacob, what have you been playing with power? I've been playing uh, Pokemon Omega Ruby, and my girlfriend's been playing Pokemon Alpha Sapphire. We've been playing those together. I've also been – I've started uh, – I've re- I'm replaying – uh, if you're watching the video, Ocarina of Time uh, yes. on oh. GameCube on stream, and I've started up playing Minecraft and then still playing a lot of Pokemon Unite as well. That game is a lot of fun, and I'm kind of addicted. So Nice. Corey, what have you been playing with Power? I have not played a single thing this week because I'm busy. Sorry, everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointing this episode. Man, you didn't play any video games or eat anything. Nope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, Jack, what have you been playing with Power? Uh, Skyward Sword HD, um, and kind of piggybacking off of that, uh, they had the Tetris 99 uh, theme. Yes, I read that you got it. Yeah, so uh, played a lot of that. Um, Tetris 99 is always 
you know, one of my go-to games, pick it up and play it for just a couple quick minutes. Um, I like this and, guy. Let's keep him around. Uh, Tetris <laughs> is awesome. So, um, and, uh, oh, I, uh, finished, um, the new Ratchet and Clank, uh, Rift Apart. Yeah. Uh, just finished that up, uh, over the weekend as well. So I had a good weekend for gaming, uh, rarity. So it was good. How about awesome. you, Ed? I have been playing uh, Phoenix, uh, not Phoenix, right? The Great Ace Attorney. <laughs> uh, been literally enjoying that. Uh, I only got one more case that I need to do because I'm on the fourth case, and then I'll be done with the game. It's really good. Um, they kind of changed it from the old um, Ace Attorney games. So you usually you would do some investigations and then go into court. Where most of the game, you're literally in court getting the clues and finding out who is the victim. I mean, who is the criminal and stuff. So they kind of changed it up with this one. Um, it's more, uh, it's kind of shorter for the cases and a little bit more streamlined than it was with the other ones. Because the other the other games were like a adventure game. This seems more different. This seems more linear in a sense. Uh, but I'm really enjoying it. Uh, they have a play on, on uh, Sherlock Holmes called Herlock Shones. Uh, and I'm just like, oh, wow. Uh, and just mean there's some new uh, characters and everything. Still with funny names uh, and everything. Uh, and the writing is good. Um, but yeah, I'm almost done with that. And then I'll get back into Skyward Sword um, and uh, Ease 9 and stuff. I need to play that, uh, uh, get that done. I actually need to get back to Master Hunter Rise and Stories because I need to get my uh, Amaratsu skin uh, for my uh, Polymute. Um, I may have to call uh, Laurent and be like, hop on the Switch. <laughs> let's go, Ray. There Jacob, it is. Let's go. <laughs> it's, a really, it's a really, really easy quest. You just have to run around and pick up some items. Oh, nice. Yeah, so. So, uh, that's what I have been playing with, Power. And everybody, that is going to be it for Nintendo Power Block. Jack, the, oh, Jacob, do you have anything? No, I, I thought I thought you skipped Corey. I forgot Corey said he didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, Thanks for reaching out. I truly enjoyed you when uh, David was going to take a break. I'm like, let me go get Jack because I wonder if he's doing anything. I haven't had him on the show and everything. Uh, but with that, everybody, uh, we want you to have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we will see you next time on Nintendo Power Block. Bye, everybody. Woohoo! The Nintendo Power Block Podcast is a production of the Boss Rush Network of Podcasts. Visit BossRush.net to listen to our podcast and read our articles, game reviews, and more. You can also follow us on Twitter at Boss Rush Network to stay up to date with our content. Thank you for listening.